is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Banmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist who is as known as the time queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do other things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, Get Unstuck Nation. Today, my guest is we. We are excited to share this story. So we come back to our jam about system and operation and automation again. So please welcome Dr. Ramona Rowlands here with us today in Get Unstuck Radio. She is a founder of I N G S U, a speaker, coach, and consultant. Which her life work is. She has a mission that she would like to help individuals and organizations uh, to incorporate um, diversity and building the teams by building software that called I engage you, which we will cover about that a little bit shortly. That solve the problem that we all business owner have. Right, like when you recruit someone and you find like, okay, it's not coming together just yet. How can you find team members easier, and how can you connect the dot better when you assign the task and also keep the workflow together and keep all the back ends together intact? So please welcome um Dr. Ramona here to get unstuck with you today and share her knowledge and expertise today. Hi, Dr. Ramona. Hi, Mutita. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be on your podcast and to share with your audience. So thanks. Yeah, I'm so excited because, like, I speaking to you offline. I was like, "Wow, this podcast <laughs> is gonna be a golden one." Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, please share with me before we start a little bit how you started your entrepreneurial journey, though. Yeah, so I always I'm a, I'm a person that is really passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and so I love to tell people my lens. You know, so people will say introduce yourself, and I, I like to say, well, here's what my lens is. My lens is my background. It's how I see the world. You know, the the way that I see the world. It shapes why I do things. And so, um, a little bit about my lens. I'm and. African American female from the rural deep South. Right, I was raised in in South Georgia, United States, and um, I was raised. Uh, I always say at the corner of black and blue, because I was a, I am an African American female, but my dad was the chief of police in the city, and so. I got those perspectives, and so it, even though I had this marginalized identity as a black woman, I also had privilege because I could walk into a police department and say, "Hey, just buzz me back," right? And I realized that not everybody has that experience, and so being it, at those intersections of female, black, blue. All of that, um, it really brought me to a space where I understood 
understood diversity, equity, and inclusion from that lens. But I also have a doctorate in public health. And so I learned about um, social justice and health disparities and health inequities and all of that in my training, my formal training and my education. So I also had that lens. And then I moved into business and I started my very first business was in network marketing. So when I came in, they said, everybody can do this business. Everybody can get to the top. Anybody with skin and hair can do this business. But when I looked at the top of the company, I did not see people with skin and hair like mine. And that I was like, wait a minute. But if anybody can do this in the 40 years that this company has been around, you can't tell me that there's no African-American female who has worked hard enough to get to the top of this company. So that combination of being in that business and having that doctorate in public health and also being at the corner of black and blue as I was raised in the deep south it all kind of came together at an intersection to where now I I am who I am. I really look at things through this diversity, equity, and inclusion lens. I think in systems and I think, you know, why does this work this way and how does it fit in the bigger picture? And I absolutely love the breadth and depth of human difference and human experience. And so um, that all came together to to make me um, really have that lens of how do we look at systems, whether they be DEI systems, whether they be business back end systems, how do we look at those things and fix the breaks? And that makes life better for everybody. So that's how I got here. Mm. Why, why are you interested in the system and operation? Because other people may say that it's kind of boring things, but what, what <laughs> interested for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I've really done the work to understand my brilliance, right? And so um, the hard work and, and thinking about what is it that I've always really been drawn to. And even in uh, high school, I was really great at geometry and thinking about theoretical, you know, <laughs> concepts and all these different types of things and just putting things together. And when I look at systems, when I look at diversity, equity, and inclusion, I realize that it's not just this one piece that needs to be fixed. We often focus on one thing, right? But when we really look at what is the bigger picture of things, we realize that the system does a lot of a lot of things to the individual, right? And so we've got to look at the bigger picture because if we look at these individual things, if, even if it's in business systems, if we just say, okay, I I want more leads, but we're not looking at how we market to those people, how we now take those people from, I just met you to converting them into an actual lead with an email and all of that, you know, there's things missing in the system. If we just post on social media and don't have anything behind it, we're missing something in the system. So we all, a lot of people think in those individual uh, pieces of of things, and it never ever works. And so, with me, I'm able to think and kind of connect the dots. And so that's what got me interested. It, it wasn't even the training that I have or anything like that. It's a natural 
gift that I've had since I was little. I always wanted to connect the dots between things. And so that's kind of how I got to where I am. Yeah. Do you think everyone actually already working in operation, but they just like don't know themselves that they already like working in that? I think that we all have a place. I don't, I wouldn't say that everybody's already working because some people actively don't want to work, right? They, <laughs> they actively do not want to um, give up the systems that keep themselves in power. I do feel like though that everybody has a place in getting uh, rid of, or at least mitigating oppression. I think that one thing that we have to remember is that we have to choose our disruption. And that's what I always say to people. People think that when I talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, I want them to get out on the road with a sign and protest. That's not what everybody's thing is, right? So if that's your thing, yes, that's your level of disruption to the system. But if that's not your thing, then you can just discover your own lens first, right? Discover why you're thinking the way that you are. Start to question why you do and say the things that you do. And so it's, there's levels to it. And so we're not all, you know, Martin Luther King or doing these great, great works, but we all have something to do. Yeah. Mm. So at the very beginning, like before even recruiting helps or any assistant, what do you think a business owner should do first? So, I mean, when I talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, I always talk about the personal work, right? And so um, you can't put on your DEI hat at work and then take it off at home. People know the difference, right? So you have to think about who do you want to recruit and why do you want to recruit them? That's number one. Because a lot of times we think about this idea of the ideal client, And we say, this is the person that I want. How do they fit within the, the culture of my organization? And when we think about culture fit and we think about these idea of ideal client, we bring in a lot of bias because we're like, this person kind of looks like me. They have my personality. They are a fit. And we get rid of the diversity and all of the different things that are so important mm. for really making a business work. So when we think about culture ad versus culture fit, we think about how is a diverse person going to be a little different than me, right? And how are they going to add to the culture that I have for my business? Even if you're a solopreneur, you have a culture in your business. And you need to think about how is a VA going to add to that? How is this uh, person that you have as your copywriter? All of those people are contributing to the culture. And so it's an ad. And those people are going to be a little different than you. They're going to think a little bit different than you. But if you are biased and you're saying this is the one person that I want, then you often are, are cutting great people out. So I have the concept of the thriving community versus the ideal client. And so what's the difference in that? The thriving community is if you close your eyes and you imagine a the perfect place, the perfect community, most people are not going to think about all white people or all white men. 
They're not going to think about all black women. They're going to think about a lot of different types of people. They're going to think about different sizes, shapes, and all of that. And so that's what I try to get people to think about is like, what is your thriving community look like versus your one ideal client? And yes, we have to kind of think of our ideal client when we're messaging. We, we want to talk to that person. We, you know, we always say those types of things. But then if we get a person that doesn't look exactly like that, doesn't talk exactly like that, doesn't think exactly like that, we need to think about what is the culture add that they have that's going to make my thriving community so that I'm not cutting people out when I'm trying to recruit. Mm. So, and how can we know what works and what doesn't work then when we add more? I think that some of it is you're, you're going to have to try with anybody, right? So when I think that you have to set us a certain amount of values, you know, what is your value for your company? If your value is inclusion and you have somebody who is coming in there very, you know, much not inclusive, they don't think like that, then clearly, you know, that might not work for you. But if you're like, my ideal client is a white woman who's 25 years old, has long blonde hair, blue eyes, that type of thing keeps you super, super stuck. And we're often told, you know, even put a picture of her up, you know, <laughs> and all of that. And so that's great. Um, but once you bring that person in, you still need to look at, okay, here's how this person aligns with the value that we have. Here's how they're a little bit different than me, but here's what they add. And so you're looking at, are they adding? How do, how are they adding? Even though it's not just like me, what are they adding to the, the culture or the business? And, and are they, you know, there's some things that you are just going to say, can they actually do the copywriting? <laughs> can they actually do the job? That's something that's important. But when I talk to people about interviewing, I tell them, check me, check we, now question them. So what does that mean? Check me. I need to check my internal biases and what I am thinking when I'm interviewing this person. Mm. Check we. If we are interviewing together, we need to say, hey, I'm kind of, I, I, we got to be honest with each other. And we got to say, I'm kind of biased towards people who are more energetic. I'm kind of biased towards these types of people, right? We've got to be honest about that. As a team, what do we need to unlearn about people, okay? The question part is think about the questions that you're asking. Now, sometimes when we're asking questions, we say, you need 15 years of experience and all of the, you know, we say all of these things that you need, but we don't realize that sometimes certain people have not been given the opportunity to get that experience, right? So, do we have a growth mindset where we can grow with the individual? They have great potential. They have all of these other things, but maybe they not haven't had as long of an experience or as extensive of you know experience as this other person in a majority um, race or ethnicity, right? So we look at our questions. Are we screening people out versus screening them in, right? So how am I working to screen people in with this growth mindset where I'm saying, I want to bring in diversity, but I've got to think about how do I, how do we grow 
together versus me just automatically screening you out because you're not fitting the mold, okay? And then question them. That's the piece where you got to evaluate the candidate. Do they know how to do the job? You know, if they don't know how to do the job, then you, it's okay. You, you, sometimes you got to say, no, you, you're not going to just hire people just because they're diverse. <laughs> they do have to have the skill set. So check me, check we, and then your questions, and then check them. And so when you use that formula, then you're able to have more inclusive interviewing. Mm, wow. So have a value clear and then investigate and also mm -hmm. know your bias. Mm -hmm. Have that clear as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Screening mm -hmm. in, not screening out. Oh, yeah. that's a good way of thinking. Mm -hmm. So once recruit though, how, how many from your experience, um, how many, how to say that, how many level with, I just cannot get the word right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how many how many layers of recruitment? Like normally I see like three three step of recruitment or something. Like how normally you do? So um, you are you saying like as far as bringing people in like three levels of interviewing to do? Yeah, like yeah. screening and also like first interview, like second uh -huh. interview, and also like recruiting interview finalized or something like what? Yeah, what I think. Yeah, I think it depends on the um, job. I often mm. will do the first level of screening and I'll look at somebody's resume. I will, you know, see, um, I, I will try to screen them in and say, here's the experience that they have. It may not have this exact thing, but how do I how screen them in versus automatically screening them out? Okay, so once you do that, then you come in and I do an initial line of questioning. Then I want you to do something for me <laughs> to show me that you're able to do the job. So I would say three um, because I'm going to talk to you and then I want to see what you do. If I can work with that and we're, we're able to grow, you may not be at absolute perfection, right? It's okay because part of that is me being a leader. Can I lead you to grow? You're, you're not just coming here. And that's what I want people to understand is that when they're coming into a position, it's not just that they're coming to serve the person. The job needs to do something for them, too. <laughs> and so we think about when we're inclusive, there's bi-directional communication happening. There's bi-directional exchange. It's not that you're just coming and you're benefiting them. How do they benefit you? And so, um, you know, that's kind of my thought process with that is that, yes, I have the initial screening. I want to talk to you and then I want to see uh, what you're able to do. And so they perform some sort of test for me if it's building a website or if it's um, building a funnel or if I want a person to do. I had someone to uh, come in and I need them to do the orientation for my platform. So I need for you to talk me through something like I'm pretending to be a customer. And I need to you to tell me how to do it, right? So those types of things. Um, and then if you're not perfect at it, it's okay because I know what to do. I'll teach you, um, but you got to have the, some potential. <laughs> so, yeah. And, okay, you mentioned about orientation and how you onboarding the team members then. Is there any difference between onboarding team members and onboarding new clients in your opinion? I think you go through the same process, 
Um, but of course, you know, onboarding a team member, they need to know the back end systems. They need to know the where they fit in the culture ad. They need to know um, exactly how I work and, and how to communicate with me. A person that's using the system, they need to know how to communicate with us. They need to know how to to use the system, all of those types of things. And so it's a little bit different, but I think um, there's a process that I use and um, it's uh, it's called um, Never Lose a Customer Again. And it's Joel, um, I think Joey Coleman. I can't remember exactly what his name is, but I, I use that process. And so he talks about the fact that, um, you know, when you bring somebody on, they have buyer's remorse, right? They're like, no matter what happens, they're going to have this type of remorse because they're like, you're, you're in the process of, oh, I'm excited. I got this customer coming on and um, we're ready to get them going. Now let me get all this paperwork together. And while you're doing the paperwork, they're thinking, they're overthinking it, right? So you have to do something that gets them excited about their purchase or about the fact that they came onto the team. So what is it that's unique that you do that says, hey, you made the right decision, right? So then you take them through steps where, okay, I'm, I'm helping you to understand that you did make the right decision. I'm also helping you to understand the process that you go through, you know, those technical types of steps. And then I am getting to the point where I am trying to make you a raving fan where you bring on other people and you are excited to get other people into the system. Right. And so um, it's that type of, of process. And, and if you all look that up, I can find his name. I think it's Joey Coleman. Um, Joel or Joey. <laughs> um, and so he, he uses those steps and um, he has a book that's never lose an employee and never lose a customer again. Two different books, same steps, but a little bit different nuance within those steps um, for employees versus uh, customers. And so that I think is just an amazing process to go through because we have to remember that orientation is different than onboarding. Onboarding is a process. It's nine to 12 months. It's definitely a big thing in the first 100 days. And that's what he talks about. So when you go into onboarding, you're helping that person see where they fit into the culture. You're helping them to, um, you're looking at what makes them tick, what makes them really um, in, enjoy being in your environment, right? And so those things take time. It's not just orientation. Like, let me show you how to do the job and then you get to it and move on. Orientation versus onboarding is, is, is important. And so we often recruit for diversity, but we onboard for conformity. Mm. So we've got to get to that point where we're like, okay, what are the things that are unique about you? What do I need to show you that fit your personality? So then we're onboarding for inclusion versus conformity, okay? And so we tell people, we want this diverse team. We want all these people. But then when we onboard and we're like, this is how you do it. This is what you do next. This is what you do next. So we have to move beyond conformity and move to inclusion as we onboard people as well. 
Mm, that's how you include them into mm-hmm. the team. Wow, yeah. mm-hmm. that's so powerful. Ah, do you have any probation period though? I don't have a formal probation period um, because I, I, that's probably one of my weaknesses as a boss. I give people a lot of chances. <laughs> That's curious. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, some people have super formal ones like 90 days, you know, and businesses that that I've seen, but I don't do that. I usually, you know, I give people a lot of grace uh, because I really do want people to win. And so, um, but, you know, after so many times, then I'm not saying you're fired, but I'm saying your experience and your skill set might be better used somewhere else, right? Because it's just not I working. I did the Okay, I have friends now. Yeah, I literally just spoke with someone. Yeah, I think I think I got an interview with like some some previous clients, and I just told them this is how I fired team members. <laughs> I told them that it's my fault that I recruit them into my team. You it's better. Not you, it's me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. See, when you recruit someone because you want to see them win, that is totally recruiting for opportunities, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because when I recruit you, I see potential in you. So if I'm just like, oh, you don't know what you're doing, I'm letting you go then that's an issue. And I was on a call, a training, and the person was really challenging us. And she does systems as well. And she said, well, you're you're telling a person that they're not doing what you're supposed to do. But do you have a system? Do you have a policy? Do you have an SOP for that? So you're assuming that they know what you want them to do, but you never truly train them. So I'm always looking at that self-reflection and saying, well, did I really give them the instructions or am I just expecting them to do this exactly like I would? Again, not being inclusive, saying you got to be me. And that's the issue is that we're always saying you got to be me. So if if I'm a professor, right? So it's kind (laughs) of hard for you to write the way I write because I, I practice writing. I've written and, and edited many dissertations, right? So for me, <laughs> and I have to check myself on this because for me to tell somebody that they have to write like I do when I publish papers in scientific journals, right? It's not even fair. And so that's the thing is that I have to think about, okay, well, am I giving them a chance? Like, this is good enough. Yes, I want to operate with excellence, but how do I teach them either to operate in excellence like I do my dissertation writers or do I say, okay, this 90% of what I would have done is, is okay. I'm, I'm not writing dissertations constantly. Um, and so I think that's what happens with us is that we have great experience often and um, we expect another person to come in with that same exact experience, but we don't train them and we automatically assume and you know, it, so here's a, a really easy example of this. Our policy is dress professional. So Sorry, can you say that again? Our policy, let's say our policy is just dress professionally. Oh, okay. When okay. you come in, okay, or when okay. you're on a Zoom, right? So you have younger people that are gonna come in and they have just their their hoodie. So you're like, 
a hoodie you know that's not professional and you're just going off but you never told them what dress professionally looks like or or what it is we assume people just know everything and that everybody's definition is the same and so i tell people you know they are often telling me these people aren't engaged and i said did you find define engagement what does that mean what does it look like to both of you to be engaged because you're giving them a metric that you never told them the the standards for so you're saying i don't see that it looks like what i think it should look like and they're saying i'm doing what i thought it looked like and we're constantly clashing because we aren't we don't have the same definitions so we need to clearly define what things we want look like so that everybody's on the same page and then when they're not meeting the metric you can say we agreed on this and you're not you're still not meeting it but don't use terms that are sexy terms like engagement and then they don't meet it and then you say they didn't engage because who knows what that means do you have like a terminology like definitions um of some things <laughs> yeah so if i'm um wanting my team to um like communication okay what does that mean so everybody thinks communication is a different thing so i need you to um you know talk to me every day <laughs> tell me you know what give me an update what's happening somebody else might say i just need a touch point once a week just so you're doing the job you know whatever that is talk to them and tell them this is exactly what this term means it means this is what i want to see this this touch point here in slack here you know whatever it is and so yes something yeah i have to because i can understand when like for example um vsl like my my video editors understand vsl different than my yes. vsl so yes my is a uh, video sales letter right yes she understand is something uh about the graphic terms another way like totally different things so we have to come into the same understanding when we yeah. use abbreviation yeah, yeah. So yeah i get what you mean um let's talk about the software how you come up with the name i engage you though um so the i engage you is a lowercase i the word engage and then the letter u in a capital letter so i came up with that because i love engagement the engagement is what i do for work uh for my job as a professor in my research i am known for engagement that's exactly what i do so i love engaging people in their own health in their own business in in, in helping to people to feel empowered all of those things so that's where the word engage came from so the i so it's like i literally i um but it's also inclusion and inclusive engagement right and then the low the i is lowercase because i am not greater than you right so the u is uppercase because it stands for you you are what's important in this business it's not about me it's about you you also stands for university so i engage you is like 
Engagement University, how do you make sure that you bring people together, you teach them the skills that they need to engage, you teach them the systems that they need to be able to thrive in their business and in, in, in their life. And then you also make that inclusive so that you're thinking about what is unique about you and how you want your business to come together. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of, it means all of those things, but it's a play on words. And so I engage you. So it literally means I engage Y-O-U. It means Inclusive Engagement University. It's literally, I engage you. So it's, <laughs> that's, that's how I came up with that. And what is this service about? Can you walk me through that? Yes. And so it's basically everything that a business owner could need for the back end of their business. And so it has, it's a CRM. So it has um, the email that you might need. It has funnels, workflows, websites, link tree. You can follow your customers uh, through a path, uh, a pathway um, and opportunities and you don't lose customers. You know where they are. Um, the, the little board looks like Trello. Um, it can show you uh, the, the, the uh, funnels that you have and where people are in those funnels. It has social media management. So you can, um, you don't have to have a different, you know, social media manager like the um, Hootsuite or Meet Edgar or all those different things. Um, of course, it has phone, texting, the all the automations that you could possibly need. Um, so it's really, truly, you know, invoicing. It has every single thing a, a business owner could need in one place. And I really love this system because um, a lot of people one can't financially afford all of these different things. There is a ton of different things that you have to use for the back end of a business normally. And so um, with this system, it's all in one place and they can also get the assistance of my team um, as far as the uh, virtual assistance and copywriting. We help them to develop short form uh videos or the short um, videos that they can use on their reels or on YouTube or, or whatever that is. And so um, basically, like I said, it's all in one platform and you can get rid of all of that other stuff <laughs> that you have and follow and actually follow a system all the way through in one place. So in case anyone want to like get to know you or follow your work or even taste how it's like using this software where can they like get to know you then yes yeah, so you can just go to drramonahlawrence.com and um, with the software I give a 14-day uh, free trial so they could come on to the uh, software that way um, typically people would uh, contact me and schedule a call and then I make sure that they're set up and they, they have everything that they need because you you have to put your information into the software to be able to, to use it. And so it's pretty simple. Um, you can hop on a call, go in through drramonahlawrence.com and um, that's it. That's all you have to do. And then it's it's a free trial and easy, easy, easy to use. 
Okay, so everyone in case you're interested to use all-in-one software, so please check it out. Uh, all the links will be put in the description below as well as the show notes. So don't forget to check it out. And thank you so much for Dr. Ramona to joining Get Unstuck Radio today. Thank you. I hope this episode inspired you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that support your lifestyle. Get a show notes at helpyougetunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.